Yes, praise God. Let's have testimonies. Who wants to go first? Anyone that has experienced um, the favor of God or even a breakthrough in something that they've been praying for, some transformation in your life, physically or in the spiritual? Hello, brother. This yes. is Vera. Yes, go ahead. And uh, I want to give a testimony today, praising and thanking Jesus for answered prayer. Uh, I had made a vision in... September 2020, uh, using Habakkuk 2, 2 to 3. Yeah. Uh, and I said, I sow the seed of God's word into uh, where I had made up, where I was looking for a job as a teacher. And in that vision, I had written that I sow the seed of God's word into my colleagues and parents and children in my care. And this has come true today. But at that in two years time, I didn't think why it was not coming to pass because I was not able to do this. But after I joined the Brisbane prayer group, I became more close to Jesus. I learned the word. I know how it has, you know, changed me. And because of this, like I've seen a lot of changes in my immediate family too. And I, I joined this group not even a year back. And... Uh, I remember in January when I went, I went for some interviews and I, I was so sure that I would get the job and it did come to pass. I was a bit disappointed, but uh, Brother Vivek told me to hold on to Ephesians 3.20 and I just hold on to it. And, you know, uh, I joined the morning encounter. It has really helped me every day when I join in the morning, the rosary group, because I can see so many people praying along with me. And I just started praying for everybody uh, who are in the same situation. And uh, after listening to the session on the proclamation, and I kept confessing Isaiah 55, 10, 11. And I don't know from where this interview, what I had applied for in January, I got two interviews very quickly and i seen how you know uh efficient 320 became so much alive i spoke to it and i even spoke to my situation like the dry bones and i put breath into the situation that i was going through and here i am here today to give thanks to my lord for giving me that position of a teacher in a christian school which i i cannot even imagine like it's not only in a preschool, but a Christian school where I was selected, uh, where uh, when I went for the second interview, I seen in the classrooms, like they have the scriptures on the wall and they have a space where they do like a Bible uh, play space. And uh, when I seen all that, I said, nah, Jesus, I think this is for me. And I cannot ask for anything more than this. And I just claiming that I just kept claiming that I have got the job, and uh, and last Tuesday, uh, when I got a call uh, from the director, she told me that they have done my reference check 
and they couldn't get anyone better than me uh, for that position because when i went for the interview i told them about the prayer group that I, you know on fridays i attend a prayer group and how i have in, uh, grown in my faith like they said and i told them that i love to instill this faith into children because you know they are the seeds and when we put it into them they are going to be the future because i said i know it's difficult to put it when they are grown ups so uh, i don't know and i didn't speak about the salary or anything and even when they told me that i got the job everyone asked me like what is the pay say i said i don't know i just said the lord will provide what i need to be is to be in that place because i want to grow in faith and i want the people around me to grow in faith that's what i'm looking for so i know definitely that next week i will get my contract and uh, the jesus will provide me the best that i need not for me but for me to glorify his name and uh, yeah and even the director when she called me she said this is my personal number and if you have any other questions i'm happy to you know discuss with you and you can call me back and uh, yesterday when i called her we uh, we spoke at length and she said no no don't worry the contract will take time to come but she already gave me dates when to come see her when she will hand over you know the things to me and everything and uh, I I just don't know how to say thank you to Jesus, but thank you Jesus for all your blessing. And I know your delays are not your delays, but they are hidden treasures. And according to one Corinthians one three and four, I release the anointing of comfort that I have received on everyone looking for jobs and change of jobs. Amen. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Wonderful testimony. It's of a person holding on to their faith and not letting go. See, the devil attempts to steal. Yes, brother, and I must yeah. say that the devil definitely attempts to steal because when I got the COVID, that was a month back. That was the time I had my first interview, and uh, then after a week, they called me when I I was really sick, and they asked me if I could do the second interview. I said yes. and just before the second interview two days before that i had a very bad chest congestion i couldn't talk i said no this is just the devil's attack and i will not go for it i went to the doctor i got medication but i told the devil i'm only taking it for you but i know that i am healed and the holy spirit will take over i will not cough i will i will be fit for during the time of the interview and that's what the holy spirit did i just handed everything Amen. over to him and he took i no one would even say that i was on medication or anything i was perfect so thank you jesus thank you jesus wonderful testimony it's important for all of us to hold on to that faith see the devil will always come to steal when it's time for you to receive the fruit of that prayer that's exactly the time that he will come to steal So that's where we just need to hold on a little, and this is the point where that James four seven comes in handy. That's that's the real place of its application. Submit to God, resist the devil at that last point. And when we hold on there, then he shall flee. Praise God. Praise God. Yes, who wants to go next? Um, brother, uh, my name is Anita. Anita Mansurinis. Yes. yes. Um, and I have been invited onto the group today. Um, uh, Marina invited me to join in the group. 
I would yeah. like to give my testimony. This is a very recent one. Yes, sir. Um, uh, I had lost, uh, I lost my rings, my three gold rings, which is my wedding band and two other rings um, at work. And I realized only after a day. And uh, uh, it, it, they, they hold, uh, they obviously hold uh, emotional and sentimental value much more than what the cost of it is. And I was, I was distressed that I had lost them. Um, I, um, at one point I was confident that the place is under CCTV coverage, so I would get it. And when I called up the security and checked right enough, the camera that was to uh, focus on that particular area had uh, gone bad or had gone uh, offline for, for about over a week now. And um, we tried to communicate to a lot of people, um, trying to check if anybody had found it and, and nobody was coming for three days past. Uh, we tried, uh, I, and I kept praying to the Lord. I was praying to St. Anthony. I even communicated with Marina. I said, please keep uh, me in prayers. I, I have to find this lost piece uh, of jewelry back because it means a lot. And uh, two days passed and the third day passed. And yesterday when I went to work, I just prayed to the Lord and kept praying that if it is for me to get back, please put it in the heart of whoever has found these things to come back and return it because just asking was not um, getting us anywhere. Um, and then I put a messages to a few of my colleagues in that, uh, in the place, that if they had found it or things like that. The whole day passed by and it is only after I left work that one of my colleagues called, called back uh, saying that uh, she had found the rings and they were with her and in a hurry she left without informing. Um, this is when, when I had actually given up, but I kept saying to the Lord that I put it in your hands. I want, I, you know, it is, it is for you to put it into the heart of whoever it is to give back. Because if she had not yeah. to call and say, there was no way we could have found or got it back. And I was very, very thrilled. Uh, when uh, she called to say that she had found those rings and she would be returning them uh, today. So, uh, yes, um, I would like to thank the Lord for um, for helping me find my lost things. And uh, it, it actually made me feel that he heard my prayers and the prayers of my dear ones. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. In every situation, it is important for us to speak. And that's the whole point in, in prayer. When we don't speak, then we are just accepting whatever comes our way. But when you speak, you are able to redirect certain things. That's the power in your word. And those that attend the morning session, will the morning, the morning encounters with the Lord. And this week, we're doing the seven power laws. Uh, the important part there is that anointed word of God. And when you're able to speak that, you're able to change things. Praise God. Yes, who wants to go next? Hello, brother. Hello. Yes. Um, on Tuesday night, I was not feeling very well. 
And the next morning, I had a temperature of 40 degrees, and I felt very sick. But then every day until today, my parents said a healing prayer in agreement with me, and today I am healed and I have no fever. Thank you, Jesus, for healing me. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, that's another important thing, the power of the prayer of agreement. The best part there I like is they made that prayer of agreement. The parents made the prayer of agreement with the child. So it was not just them declaring over her, but it was her faith that was mixed into it as well. And that is important for anyone that we are praying for as well. Sometimes we pray for a lot of people. Your faith is all the way up there, but they are like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. That person's praying for me. I'll find out. So that can be a barrier sometimes. It's important for us to instill faith in that person first. In this case, well, this it's demonstrated here. The power of prayer of agreement when the faith is on both sides. So thank you, Jesus. Hello, yes, brother. Yes, go I ahead. Just want to thank, this is Marina. I just want yeah. to thank my Lord for his countless blessings on me, my family, my friends. And as I stand at every beginning of each new day, he blesses me with a vision to see the best things to come, the wisdom to make good decisions as well. And most of all, he has never failed me in my faith. And hes I know that he's always walking with me in every step that I take. For this, I'm very grateful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, uh, it's Jaden. Yes, Jaden, go ahead. Uh, one evening, I felt extremely sick. I was sneezing and had a headache. On that same day, I had to go for my sporting training. With all my illness, I do not feel motivated to go. But my dad prayed over me in the car before we left. And soon enough, I got healed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'll just read three testimonies here. Sorry, Ernie, you want to go ahead? Yeah, you go ahead. Go ahead, uh, thanks, uh, Russell. Um, uh, hello, everyone. I just uh, like to just thank uh, the Lord for um, his his wisdom, showing the his law, his wisdom, and we can assess to it to make our lives a prosperous and experience that love and grace in it is is nothing, and that is that his word is it, it's. It's beyond our understanding. It's just it's blessings all over, all over. I'd like to thank just the prayers that we say in the morning that's been answered at work here. The angels and everywhere are all around us, protecting us from anything that's going to happen. As it any accidents going to happen, it's going to it's going to be uh, avoided. So it's everything is so pre-done and. And all the people with their testimonies they're experiencing when they come into it in newcomers and stuff like that, um, it's really uh, good to let them know that they um, that is that his spirit is is real and it's working. That's why we don't we don't come here to worship um, half heartedly. We keep from from unbelieving. It it just keeps growing. It makes you really confident and um, sure that we do share um, forces in this world that uh that we um not just ourselves and you know it's got to have that awareness and he opens our hearts and our 
ears and eyes and makes us see like if it was spiritual and I, and I thank the Lord that we're all expressing it we all experience this um, the joy of even in tribulation and stuff like that just to uh, trust trust in him and it'll just come to um, fruition all the time and it's, it's, and it's very and it makes your mind always confident in tribulation that he always is going to do something and always answer their prayers and uh, come out of that um, place of darkness, wherever you are. It's, you know, with men, of course, you have your doubts and stuff like that. You know, we get stuck with always you. We're in some situation, but um, always remember that uh, with men, it's it's impossible, but to God, nothing is impossible, and we keep showing it all the time. So I thank the Lord, and I thank everyone that they are, believing that something that's real and it's working and um, we're not wasting our time. I thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, everyone, for you, Russell, for sharing the, your wisdom and, and the scriptures that just given us more sort of like um, it's, 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 it's inspiring to um, always uh, enlighten us with knowledge and wisdom and it just uh, it gives us strength all the time thank you Russell thank you everyone thank you Shaneen thank you brother Vivek you just um, a blessing and everyone thank you thank you Jesus thank you Holy Spirit all the revelation comes from him this is not of our capability it is he who reveals what's in the mind of the father and um, it is even the bible says that you know his ways are high above our ways and you, you mentioned earlier as well that we don't fully understand, but it is important for us that we do not fully understand it because if we understood it, then it wouldn't be faith. You would be applying a particular technology that you know. Then when you understand and know that technology, then God does not come in that picture. That's what has happened to us over the centuries as we have grown and developed to be smart human beings. We have forgotten God out of all that equation. So that is why he draws us back to faith and says, it is important that we trust in that relationship and then it works. Yeah, so praise God. Thank you for that. Thank you, Brother Ani. Yes, Rashmi, go ahead. I'll please unmute your mic and speak. I want to praise and thank the Lord for all the blessings we have received for good health. Um, Brother Russell, I, uh, last week, Brother Vivek spoke about laying of hands. Yes. And uh, I went to church on Saturday and uh, we were before time sitting down. We knew there was a wedding going to take place during the mass. And we were all seated. Everything was fine. The uh, people were already present there. But the it so happened that something happened behind. And then they were not, nobody was ready. The couple was not ready to walk down the aisles. And you could make out because the family panicked about it. Each person started talking in the church and it was so disturbing and people started talking. At that moment, I just invoked the Holy Spirit and I said, you are going to take over this full situation. Everything is going to be fine. I don't know what is the reason why the couple is not right. Because the bridesmaid, the best man, they're all running behind again, coming back. And the elderly people were getting angry. It was so disturbing to watch all that. Because I always take the front seat in the church. I don't 
sit behind. So, you know, it was all visible. I just invoked the Holy Spirit and said, you take control, bring the couple, whatever their differences, Lord Jesus, solve it and bring them ahead. Father walked and came to the altar. The hymn was already over and the priest was so good. Uh, he knew that there was something. So he showed a sign to the choir members, you know, to again re-sing the hymn. And the choir members are, again, they said, he said, yes. And he, uh, the choir members again sang. And after five, seven minutes, they all walked together and they came up, guys. It was such a blessing to see them all walk and come up. I just thank the Lord for that. What I seen with my eyes, like when you ask for anything, it, you will receive it. I don't know the couple, I don't know anybody, but I just prayed for them. I was just, I just felt that I should do something for them. And the Lord helped. Everything was good. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I seen them putting their wedding bands. I was happy for all that. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. It is so wonderful to see how the Holy Spirit brings transformation in our lives where we you know, started out with Lord give me or my family to Lord bless them. How the heart gets transformed when he starts working in us. It is such a joy when you see these kind of things happening and our prayer life being transformed. Wow, praise God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Is who would like to go next? I might just share three short testimonies that are, that have been sent to me in, in a written form. And this is from my brother who lives in uh, London. And I'll just read what he's written exactly the way he has put it. So I'm not making up my thing or changing anything in there. So it says, he starts with, sorry, Lord Jesus Christ for the delay in sending this. I have been praying with homeless persons since the past two to three years. And praise be to God. The Lord God has worked wonders for them in their lives. Now, this is the first one. This is Ravi from Madras, India, with a master's qualification in media communications. He is an immigrant and homeless since 2008, detained by home office police and quarantined a few times and almost deported a couple of times. It was prayers that stopped the police from putting him on a flight back home. There was once I recall when we prayed in the blessed sacrament and a few months later, the police spotted on the streets and wanted to take him for detention. However, the power of God was so strong that they let him go after a few questions. He used to live on the streets and sleep under a bridge by nightfall. The Lord placed him in an accommodation since the last two years or so. He still lives there. I prophesy and I believe that he has got this citizenship. He has got his citizenship in Jesus' holy name. Now, the second testimony is Ravinder from Punjab. Again, same thing from Punjab, India. Homeless since the last 18 years. Continues to live on the streets of London. He was placed in and out of accommodations during the last three years or so. And praise be to God, a social worker has taken keen interest 
and been very closely monitoring him and trying to get him a permanent accommodation or immigration and immigration status, but with many challenges. A prayer of agreement we made in December 2021. That prayer did get him into a temporary hotel room, but sadly had to end in March 22. I have been communicating with this caseworker who is still working on collecting evidence of his time spent in the country, which when proven should win us the legal status and eventually a home as well. We have all the prospective opportunities. We do need your support, your supportive prayers in this. And then the third person is, he calls himself Johnny. He was the most severest and difficult cases of them all. Homeless since 2006. And he is never himself. He wanders around like a madman. Clothes are dirty as ever. And you can't even stand beside him because he stinks very badly. As he hasn't had a shower in years. I have even seen insects walk around his body. The toughest part was approaching him as he never speaks to anyone. However, he was quite comfortable speaking to me. Thank God. He was detained by immigration police several times. And we couldn't pray. I couldn't pray with him as he didn't understand. And so I had to pray for him. I have known this man since 2019 and went almost regularly to see him until COVID was at its peak where the meetings stopped. He suddenly vanished and for months I could not see him. But in the meantime, I kept lifting him up in prayers and importantly, hoping to see him again. In July, August of 2021, life began to get normal again after COVID. I was traveling to work one morning and happened to see him. Please note, happened to see him all cleaned up, well-dressed and in the right frame of mind on the station, ready to catch a train. I excitedly went up to him and asked, what are you doing here? And our conversations were always in Hindi. So he replied, council has given me a house to live and also gave me a European Union passport. I am now on my way to collect an OCI, which is the Overseas Citizen of India certificate or card. I was shocked to hear all of this as all this happened in just six months. God makes a way where there is no way. And in mysterious ways, through destiny helpers, showing unexpected favor. There are more homeless people and in better situation to get documents from the home office. But no, it was this man who was chosen instead. Praise be to Abba Father, Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful testimony. We need to keep lifting up people in our prayer because we do not know what they are going through. And at the same time, we need to thank God for all the blessings that we have received. Because a lot of it we often take for granted and we think it is our own. We go to work and we come back, we earn our salary. And so 
everything that we have comes from out of our own the work of our hands and yet when you see someone jobless ask them and they know what the difference is so thank you jesus for your favor upon our lives thank you lord who else wants to add their next testimony someone perhaps who has experienced spiritual transformation where you know as we go about these bible teachings you have taken some one small bit of it and you have used that applied it in your life and you have started seeing results someone maybe who wasn't even reading the bible before and now it is such a huge difference anyone like to share ah uh, yes yes go ahead i would like to thank god for um my baby boy that was born on the 18th of april yes um it was a mighty work of god because i was told that i i cannot conceive and um god blessed me praise god for that yeah so i want to give him all the glory and honor for that thank you i think you had some other testimonies as well there um yeah he's been uh, very favorable he got us a, a house just recently we got a house uh, we were going through a lot of challenges so so sorry i'm a bit uh, emotional because praise god please your heart um he's done so many things in my life that i i have to um give him so much praise um he provides for my family in so many ways and he he brought me recently to australia and um there was many things that i was going through and uh, many people had prophesied in my life and i always see his works in the words that he has delivered to me and sometimes i i i cannot imagine um how um accurate his word is but i see in many ways like my baby and and so many things that have happened and i just want to to testify for the people to know that it's unimaginable what his word can do for you it's it's um it's something that you cannot imagine yes yes and that's where the joy is when you start seeing things and that word becomes real to you the word becomes flesh and not just yeah. dwells amongst us but dwells within us yeah and that's why i'm crying with joy because um it's touched me so much that um sometimes i forget to pray and all that but whenever i remember how amazing he is um like today i was just meditating and i was just like it's not about the blessings that he's done for me but it's about who he is and how faithful he is and and just you know having that connection with him is just amazing yes praise god thank you jesus who else would like to add their testimony there are so many wonderful testimonies i'm sure there is something that you have experienced in your life during this week that you would like to give thanks to god for that 
Remember Revelations 12 verse 11, they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. To become overcomers, you have to tick both those boxes. The blood of the lamb is already yes, in place. Without that, there is no salvation, but you have to seal it by the word of your testimony so that it cannot be stolen. Yes, Russell, I agree. Thank you, Lord, for um, everyone we've been praying for. I thank you, Lord, right now. And we testify publicly for all the jobs, people that were looking for new jobs, Lord. We praise and thank you for these new jobs, Lord. And we've already praised and thank you for all those still looking for work. We praise and thank you, Lord, that these jobs have already come into being in their life. I praise and I thank Amen. you, Lord, for all the healings, the miracles, the blessings, the graces, the anointings that you have poured out on your people, Lord. We give you glory, Lord, for the, for the air that we breathe, for just you, the gift of life itself, for the gift of everyone in our life, for our yes. families, our prayer group, everyone in our prayer group, Lord, and everyone we're praying for. We give you glory and we praise and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we come in agreement with that prayer that has been released now in faith. And we release it together in the spirit that this prayer is an answered prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen, Lord. Thank you. Yes, who else would, give, would like to give thanks to the Lord? Is there someone that uh, that attend that came to this session in the evening hoping for some healing and now you see a difference hello brother vivek oh, sorry sorry brother Rasul. yes yes christian <laughs> so uh, i got a small testimony yes go ahead uh, you know in uh, on yeah, February 17, my washing machine, the water flow was very bad. So I called for the mechanic and then he came and did and went. The next day it was okay. The third day the machine cannot start. And then I phoned to him, he sent two more mechanics. They came and checked. They said uh, the computer is wrong. And then the PowerPoint is wrong. So he said he wants to take and go and then uh, check and then he'll bring back. I was thinking to myself, if he takes and go, I got to pay for the transport. What if he check and then uh, he just sent it back without, cannot do anything. What am I going to do? So something was telling in my mind, don't give. Later I called for another company, two guys came. They came and checked. They say they have to change a computer and same thing also. I say, I'll think about it and call you. After that, every day, I'll go and stand near the washing machine and I praise and thank God. Keep praising and praising and praising and praising. Every day, I will do that. For seven days, I did. After that, when I start, it started. Then slowly, I use the computer. I try to keep on on the wash clothes and all. It came very perfect. So before I could 
start praying itself. I say, Lord, I want a new brand new machine. I said that. Then when I, after keeping praising and all for seven days, it was okay. Now it is perfect, brother. It's exactly like a new machine. I praise and glorify God for God, this. He sent different mechanics to do something else. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. So I only keep praise and thanking God, brother. Praise God for that. Thank you. Yes, yes. Praise is a very you, powerful brother. tool. It brings you in the presence of God. When you look at Psalm 100 verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart, enter his courts with praise. So the way to get into his presence is first thanksgiving, then praise, and then the inner sanctum is through the blood of Jesus, the Holy of Holies. Important to go in that order when you pray every time. Yes, brother. Thank you very much, brother. Praise God for that. Thank you, Jesus. Bye-bye. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone else who would like to share any testimonies? Anyone that is benefiting from the reflections that are being shared during uh, the morning uh, encounters with the Lord, Brother Savio's reflections as well that are being shared on our Facebook page and on the Telegram group. Those are very inspired reflections that he puts up there. They come from, you know, it's like the Holy Spirit digging up deep, deep archives and he brings out those messages. I know that some families use them as part of their daily family prayer as well, just as a reflection at the end. Yes, go ahead. Is there someone that wanted to share something? Praise God. So if you are benefiting from that, it's, it's one thing is um, share it as a testimony. Second thing is Share that very message, share that video itself with your contacts through our through YouTube, through Facebook. We've put them up on our podcast channels as well. Share those and let, let someone be blessed. I'm sure when you hear that message or when you read it, there will be one person that comes to mind who you're thinking uh, will be worth this person listening to that as well or this person reading it because they are in that situation that this applies directly to them. So do not hold back there. Share it. For all those that are new today, are coming here for the first time, just to let you know that we have daily morning encounters with the Lord that are run at 7 a.m., 7 to 7.30 a.m., Australian Eastern Standard Time every day. We run those live on YouTube. They are also recorded and put on our podcast channel so that you can, and the recording is shared in our Telegram group so that you can then access them and pray with it. We've got our daily uh, Divine Mercy prayer session followed by Rosary every evening, Monday to Thursday at 7 p.m. And Friday afternoon, it's at 3 p.m. So you can take part in those as well. Those are streamed live on YouTube as well. So if you are interested in saying the Rosary every day, have no one to say that with you don't have a prayer partner, you can pray with this group or you can even pray with the, the recording that is put up on our group there. And then Brother Savio shares his reflections. And we also have this Friday Bible study session every Friday. 
every Friday there are Bible study sessions that you can participate in as well. And this starts with praise and worship from 5.30 p.m. onwards and followed by the, the Bible study topic of the day. Uh, in announcements, there's one important announcement regarding the healing session that was uh, to be conducted on this Saturday that unfortunately has to be postponed because the, the preacher who was going to deliver that session followed by the healing session, she is unwell, unfortunately, and is unable to speak. So we probably will have to push it ahead for a few weeks. We're not canceling it yet. It'll just be pushed ahead for a few weeks. So it'll probably go into early June, early to mid-June, I'm guessing. So we will keep you updated. Watch the space for that. Those that are uh, not yet on our Telegram group, I shall share the link to join as well. So you can click that link now and join the Telegram group. Have a look at the chat window in, in Zoom. Yes. Are there any any anyone else who would like? Is there anyone else who would like to give a testimony, or we can then get started into today's Bible study session? So hopefully, we can finish on time. This will be a two-part series, and it'll be hopefully an eye-opener for for aiding your prayer life with with some new revelation there. Yes. Anyone else who would like to share a testimony today? Brother, this is Jane here, brother. Yes, Jane. And I want to thank the Lord for His Spirit, for His Spirit, for giving me the truth. And I want to thank the Lord for all my answered prayers because I'm proclaiming Isaiah 55, 10, and 11. And so I know that all my prayers are answered. I want to thank the Lord for that. Yes, praise God. Oh, uh, Russell. Um, yes. And brother Russell, again, there's a, 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 a kind of like a funny moment for me. I was uh, with the, one of my uh, grandkids and stuff like that. Uh, we're going to pick up my uh, my wife at their uh, at her, uh, workplace. And um, anyway, they were, uh, we're driving there and I just like, I picked up on some, uh, something which kind of, I don't, um, Amusing, but I thought, oh yeah, like the girls, the kids were getting a bit loud and um, kind of irritable as we were driving along. So I just thought, okay, let's sing a song. And I couldn't think of anything. And they, because they probably like to sing or something like that. But then we just singing, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. And all of a sudden, they just, um, uh, they just sort of, quietened down, settled down, enjoyed it and started laughing, sort of getting very irritable and naughty. They started like, um, yeah, they started to really uh, enjoy it. And they just, uh, the whole mood just changed and stuff like that. And within a moment, something, I looked around, not even a minute, I come to the street light and um, I heard the, the little girl was singing, oh, and she was really putting effort into it. And she was really, <laughs> I uh, thought she was like a real singer and I thought and I looked at the other side and the little guy and stuff like that was singing as well he was sort of like he was just out cold and stuff like that and um, until we went and picked up and I told my missus about and stuff like that and then I said yeah well next time when I 
screaming kids in that. I'm going to start singing out of the and stop at that to settle them down because it seemed to be working miracles. It was great. It was funny, but it was good. Yeah. So but it's I, and it's important. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. But yeah, so I started like two little things like that. When you can't pray and stuff like that, you say hallelujah, hallelujah. Next with your whole mind just um, transforms into sort of like, it, it just goes, all the worry and stuff like that. It just exits. And then at, at that same time, it might give me insight. Like when that does happen, that means uh, I'm thinking the thing or person, whoever they're worrying about is probably already being healed. So I just said, by the strength of Jesus, you know, it's just like, yeah, you, you have these really, um, you just something in your bad Holy Spirit just tells you just do this or something like that. And next when you do it, and you're just like, yeah, wow, this is unreal. So, but it is real. So it's yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thank you, it Jesus. Me, yeah, it's like with the kids, they just sort of like seem to sort of like uh, I don't know they just come with their truth. They just some simple and so easy and so. Uh, Joyful, I suppose it just takes their mind off anything as well. Yeah. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And that's that's an important testimony, actually. Don't don't consider it as a small one. It's like when you are facing those kind of disruptions in your environment, in your in it's it's sort of having an effect on you. This is a very good solution there. You've you've seen Christina share her testimony about praising God when a washing machine wasn't working. Now here's another one where the situation seems like it was going a little beyond. And then everything calms down and there's a peace. So when he when he steps into that atmosphere, and you can bring him into that atmosphere through your praise. And when he steps in, that peace comes in. You can use it in situations where you are feeling stressed, where you're feeling pressured, maybe at work. Maybe if you're at school or, or any circumstance or situation where you're feeling like things are going a little beyond uh, your comfort. It's a good thing. It's actually spiritual intelligence. We might cover that a little later in our topic, maybe next Sunday, next Friday in the second part. But that's part of spiritual intelligence, knowing what to use and when to use it when you are faced with certain kinds of attacks. So thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, I think, Brother Savio, we'll get into today's Bible study session. Today's topic is going to be, uh, this will be a two-part series. It's on the basic kingdom principles for prayer. Again, we've done uh, one such series on, which is sort of kingdom principles, which was the topic of authority. Where we did two parts. Today, we'll look at a few other things around kingdom principles concerning prayer. Can we uh, join our hands and uh, make a prayer as we say a prayer over Brother Russell? In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen, Lord. Our Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, as we listen to the teaching tonight, Open our eyes and our ears to allow your revelation to inspire and influence our lives. Thank you, Lord, for your faithful servant, Brother Russell. Bless him, Lord, in his ministry. Lord Jesus, we pour your precious blood over Brother Russell 
as he speaks tonight. Let every word that he speaks is anointed. Lord, speak to the mind of his spirit and whisper thoughts to him, Lord. Let your thoughts be his thoughts. Lord, tonight as we start our teaching, Lord, we dip every part of our equipments, all our laptops and connections, Lord, we dip it in your precious blood, Lord, and we put a hedge of protection around it. Brother Russell, I put on you the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the belt of truth, and shod your shoes in the gospel of peace. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen and amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, as we go into the session today, let it be all of you and nothing of me. I empty myself out. Jesus, take all of me and give me more of you till I am consumed by nothing else but you and only you. Praise God. Let us get into our Bible study session of this evening. Brother Saiwe, can you take us to Matthew 6, verse 33? And as we look at that verse, I'd like each of us to reflect on what is your priority in your life today? Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Praise God. So when we look at that verse, we need to reflect and the verse, the two verses before that actually also. Where is our priority in our life? When he says seek first, that means that should be our first priority. Is that the first priority in our life? If not, then it's time to take a step back and think, what is our direction? Because in this verse, this is a promise. And these are the words of Jesus. You can see it's highlighted there. It is the words of Jesus himself where he says, and all these things, not some, not I will consider, I will think about it and come back to you. Straight away, all these things will be added or given to you. For that, we need to seek first the kingdom. So let's explore what he means by seek first the kingdom. Well, the Bible says in the beginning, God created the universe. And he being the creator, so he is the king of that universe. The universe that we live in. And no one is above the creator. That's the most important basic principle to understand. No one is above him. He is the creator. Everything, the creation can never be greater than the creator. Everything in creation comes from the hands of the creator and always bows before that creator. Then he created the earth and he made man as king of it. 
That is what Genesis 1 verse 28 tells us. He made man the steward. So he made man the king. There were many kingdoms that were made, many kings also. So he is called the king of kings from the physical sense, from the spiritual sense as well. When you look at his kingdom, now the kingdom of God, 1 Peter 2.9 says that we are a royal priesthood. So we are a kingdom of priests, but we are also a kingdom of kings. That's what that royal priesthood means. So in the spiritual sense, when you look at it from his kingdom point of view as well, he is king of kings. That is, he is the king of us. We are called kings. We are called to be kings. So now him being king, the whole universe and our Christian life is actually revolving around this kingship. And there are certain concepts that we must bear in mind. If we are able to approach our prayer with those concepts, then your prayer life can become more effective because you are praying with the right uh, frame of mind. You are praying with an understanding of how the kingdom functions. When you want the king to move on your behalf, you need to do the right thing that will make him move. And that's why he gave us the word, the gospel, so that we are able to understand. In fact, the first one among the four, the gospel of Matthew, is actually called the gospel of the kingdom. It talks all about the kingdoms. There are about 23 parables in there. And they all talk about the kingdom of God is like whatever story he then starts to tell. So he wants us to have essentially a kingdom mindset. So that when we approach our spiritual life with that kingdom mindset, then it makes a big difference. And there are a few important things that I want us to understand here when we get into that. The first one is man was created to rule things, not to pursue them. Man was created to rule things, not to pursue them. Go back now to that verse which is on screen there, which is Matthew 6 verse 33, which says, seek first and his kingdom. Don't go about pursuing all those things. You pursue the kingship, pursue that authority. And yet right from the beginning, we see that Adam chose to pursue. And in Genesis 3, when we look at it after all the incident happened with the serpent. From verses 17 to 19, we see that the ground was cursed for his sake. When the ground was cursed for his sake and we are made out of that dust. Even today, we are still pursuing. That's where this verse, Matthew 6 verse 33 becomes important. For us to take a step back and look at where is our pursuit actually targeted at. Now, what is God saying here? He's saying kingdom first and everything else that comes in, let it be afterwards. Let it be second or anywhere further down, but kingdom first. In Matthew 6 verse 25, he said, do not worry about what you will eat or drink. So if we are, then we are out of alignment. It is important for us to then start to discern and pick up which parts of our life are out of alignment. Man was created to rule things, not to pursue them. The second one, the second principle here for us to touch on is, you were not created to work for things, but to manage them. And yet we ended up working right from Adam. 
God said, in the sweat of your brow shall you eat bread. But before that, when you look at Genesis 1 verse 28, when he created him, he said, let them have dominion. He made man a steward. A steward is one that manages. So in summary of the above two, when you look at it, whatever you prioritize, that you will pursue or seek. Are you prioritizing the right thing? That's what you need to ask yourself. We are pursuing things. We are pursuing work. We are not seeking to manage. We are not seeking to rule. Then there is something wrong. You were not made for that. You were made to manage and to rule. That's what the Bible says. It's not me saying something. And then the third one is when we say you were made not to work, to manage, it is important to remember that you are the steward, not the owner. In Genesis 1 verse 28, he made you steward of the earth. The earth remains, we will come and go as men. The earth remains where it is. So there is nothing that we can do to own it, to say that it belongs to us. It all belongs. So Psalm 24 verse 1 says, the earth and its fullness belongs to God. It doesn't belong to us. And then in Genesis 2 verse 15, we see that God put man in the garden. I hope someone's making a note of these scriptures because I'm just quickly running through them. We can't uh, display all of them on screen. It will go too long. So I'm just quickly going through it, but it's just worth uh, making a note so that in your personal uh, reflection, you can actually go back to these verses then have a look at them. So Genesis 2 verse 15 says, God put man in the garden to take care of it. To take care of it. He didn't say you own it. Genesis 1 verse 28, stewards. Genesis 2 verse 15, in the garden to take care of it. 1 Peter 4 verse 10 says, we are all stewards of grace. Even grace that we are receiving from Jesus, that's his free gift. There again, you can't say, I own it. Oh, I've received the grace. I'm blessed. I'm happy. I'm satisfied. I'm going to keep it to myself. He says, no, you are stewards of grace. You are meant to share it with others. It was bought for a price. And eventually, we must leave it and go. So, so it's important for us to fulfill that stewardship and fulfill our role while we are uh, in this life. Now, here are some more principles that I've taken from Dr. Miles Munro when I was listening to his teaching on the kingdom. And I will just read, to, read them out in the interest of time. There's quite a few more. So it's a long list, actually. It's about 11 points in there. So I'll just go through them quickly. God is looking for kingdom-possessed people or people with a kingdom mindset. That is the way of thinking and behaving. For kingdom-possessed people, all of our life is about the kingdom of God. Number three, the kingdom priority demands an ex demands an exclusive claim on our lives. You can't be distracted. You can't have multiple priorities. 
It requires focus. The kingdom priority is exclusive with regards to the cost that it exacts from us. Yes. It's very exclusive, it's specific. The kingdom of God is not a bless me club. Now we can look back on our own personal prayer as well for that. What are we saying in that prayer? What have we been saying all this time? Number six, the kingdom priority is exclusive with regard to our relationships, particularly with family. Number seven, nothing is more important than the kingdom. And Jesus stressed on that in this verse that's on our screen as well. Number eight, if we take care of the kingdom, the king will take care of our family. See, that's where our stewardship comes in. They don't focus on owning it. Focus on being a steward and share it. Manage it, bless others as well. Number nine, there is no room in the kingdom of God for a spirit of ownership. That's exactly what we've been talking about. Number 10, nothing that we give up for the kingdom of God is ever lost. On the contrary, it is multiplied and returned to us. We claim that in our scriptures as well when we read Malachi 3 verse 10 and 11. In our I confess boldly. Nothing that you give up for the kingdom of God is ever lost. It, is all, it will always cost you, but then he multiplies it and returns back. And number 11, the kingdom priority is exclusive, but is not limited. So let's get into, now we've said a lot about kingdom. Let's get into what a kingdom really is, what it isn't. And I'll use Dr. Miles Monroe's definition here. He defines a kingdom as the governing influence of a king over his territory or domain, impacting it with his personal will, purpose, and intent, producing a culture, values, morals, and lifestyle that reflects the king's desire and the nature of his citizens. It is a bit difficult to take in at the first instance, but the important thing to remember here is us, it's us coming under his influence so that we adopt his ways and we follow his systems. His purposes become prime importance for us. That's kingdom kind of life. So I'll read that again now after having said this. It is the governing influence of a king over his territory and domain, impacting it. When you say territory and domain, that's the people that live in it as well. So impacting it or impacting them with his personal will, purpose, and intent, producing a culture, values, morals, and a lifestyle that reflects the king's desire and his nature for his citizens. So it is all about him, his will, and his purpose and intent. And then next you come under his influence. So that's what sets the tone of the culture in the kingdom. And after you have been born again, you notice that the kind of life that you now live, the habits that you have are different 
vastly different in fact to what you used to have in the past there are many things that you would have given up and many new things that you would have adopted that's where that culture comes in and that's the working of the holy spirit the morals the lifestyle that you will follow your nature transformed all of that comes in as part of that culture it is his influence so what's the difference then between religion and kingdom religion produces a system for people to follow and a kingdom produces a culture that people live by and it is influenced by the king and it will be very clear on this difference are you living a religion or are you living that kingdom culture that god wants you to live religion produces a system are you following systems and have nothing to do with god he is just one that hangs on the cross that you see every sunday morning or is there something more to it is there an influence that he's producing on your life so what does a kingdom really look like then and those that have lived in kingdoms or you probably have heard it in stories as well you know that kingdom a kingdom has a constitution it has laws and regulations every situation uh, sorry every citizen must obey those regulations now that is very important the bible also gives us laws what happens when a person jumps a red light signal or he breaks a rule that is given in the constitution when they break that rule they come immediately under the law and they go on trial to see if they are guilty or not and if they are then they are punished so the bible also is a book of law that has all regulations and rules for the kingdom so where does that leave prayer with then the important fact that the reason why i am talking about constitution and laws is to establish the next fact which is very important for us as far as our prayer is concerned i want each of you to pay very close attention prayer is not a religious activity we have covered this in our morning encounters with the law as well but i want to share this with everyone because this is the most important kingdom principle when you are engaging in prayer prayer is not a religious activity it is a legal activity it can be defined as earthly license for heavenly interference earthly license for heavenly interference let me explain there are three three important key principles here that we must first understand and i hope you get this the first one is as man we live we are a spirit who lives in a body made of earth or made of dust or dirt that is a spirit on the inside covered by the dirt of the earth realm on the outside that body is our home that we live in and when man dies that body is returned to the dirt but the spirit lives on however it cannot exist or continue to exist in the earth realm in order to exist in the earth realm the rule is the spirit must live in a body and that's the law for any spirit to live legally or to exist legally in the earth realm without a body it is illegal in that space or in that realm and it must leave 
And that's why spirits that are demonic spirits that do not have a body cannot exist here. And when you look at the story of the, the man at the gatherings who had a legion in him, and when Jesus spoke to the, the demons in there, they said, do not send us. Do not cast us out before our time. Do not send us to the tormentors. Send us to the pigs. Why? So that when we are in the pigs, we have a body. We have a legal right to exist on the earth realm. It's important for us to understand that without a body, a spirit cannot exist in the earth realm. So when you cast out, when you pray to cast out any kind of spirit of infirmity or wickedness, you have to bear this in mind. When they are out of that body, in the body, they legally can stay. Without the body, outside of that body, when cast out, they can't be existing in the earth realm. Next, the second one is God gave man the apex authority over the earth realm. So he gave man that body. So man is the only one actually that has the legal right, not the divine express. The, the only one that has legal right because he has the body, the passport to exist in the earth realm. And man gave God that apex authority. In Genesis 1 verse 26. Brother Savio, can you take us to Genesis 1 verse 26? I just want to highlight a couple of key words in there. He said, let us make man in our image. And then he made them male and female. So it's just the first part where he said, let us make man in our image and likeness. And then I'd like to go to verse 28. Is this what version are we looking at? This is uh, NIB. Should be. Yeah, probably King James, I think. King James, yeah. Okay, no, just it's it's in 26 only then. Yeah. Just that first line, first and second line till dominion. The important word for us to see here is he said, let us make man in our image. So he was referring to himself, the Trinity, in our image and our likeness. But then he goes on to say, let them. He didn't say let us, that means us, God. And man together, let us have dominion. He said, let them, which means only mankind, man and woman. Let them have dominion. Are you seeing that? So man has authority over the earth. And that's what I really want us to take away from this bit. So you have the legal authority, the passport, because you have the body. And now you have authority, which means you are the steward or the king of the earth. Realm. The third principle why, which I want to point us to is this very words that we have highlighted here now. When God said, let them have dominion, he kept his hands away from it. He chose not to share in that authority over the earth. So technically, even he is illegal on earth. He would need to have a body made out of 
dust made of the earth in order to be legal on earth. Do you see why Jesus had to be born as human? He didn't come in the spirit. To fulfill and to uphold this authority that was given to man. So God does not have any say over the earth realm directly as such. Even though the earth and its fullness, Psalm 24 verse 1 says, the earth and its fullness belong to him. Everything belongs to him. He is the owner, but no legal authority to be here. So who does then? The one that has the body, the one that is given the authority, the legal right. Man, the spirit that lives in that body made of dust and dirt. I hope you are getting this. Important things. Man is a spirit. You have the authority. You control everything here. But we saw with Adam that the devil beguiled him and stole from him. So there are times when those situations will come in our life as well. Where we are limited in some way and then we are not in a position to change our circumstance because we have given permission for the devil to steal from us. And then when we are limited, when we feel troubled, now God is unchangeable. That's the important thing to remember. He gave his word. He will not go back on this word. So when he said, let them, he will stick with that until the person that he's referring to as them, that is you and me, give him permission to say, I give you permission to come into my domain, which is the earth realm, and you interact with it. That is what prayer constitutes. It is you giving him authority to act on your behalf. Unless and until you give him that authority, he can't. Now, what are we saying? Every time we're praying, please, please, please. And he's saying, I gave you the authority. I said, let them have dominion. Is that making sense? How we, if that is making sense to you, please type amen in the chat. I'd like to know. I want us to understand this so that when we pray, we must pay attention to the words that we are using in our prayer. Your words must be one that are authorizing him, not ones that are begging. It is because of this passport that you carry your body. That is why demons seek to attack. One is to have the authority and two is to have the dominion over the earth realm. So that when they hold the body, they can legally exist. And when they can exist, they can exercise dominion. But if you don't let them exist, they can't exercise that dominion over the realm that belongs to you. That's the power of your prayer. That's the authority that you carry. And you can speak. That is why even earlier I said it is important for us to speak. When we do not speak, we are missing out on exercising that which is given to us as a birthright, as men. Obviously, that was then stolen and Jesus had to come in the form to pay that sacrifice in the form of human, pay the sacrifice and win back from Satan that dominion that man had on earth. So when we gain our salvation, we are regaining that authority. So now when you are a born again Christian who is saved, has received salvation, baptized in the spirit, you have regained that stewardship over the earth. Now, when you authorize him, you are praying under an open heaven. 
when you pray under that open heaven and you say, I authorize God to intervene, you know in faith that he will intervene, then your prayer must be an answered prayer. That is why we say that when we pray. You pray with this understanding that I'm giving you authority. I'm authorizing you to act on my behalf. I have faith and I believe that I have received just as the word in Mark 11, 24 says. So that prayer that I have made now must be an answered prayer. I'm giving that legal authorization there. But up until we are saved, we still come under the law. And when we are faced with our challenges, then it is still difficult. This is why he has given advocates for us to fight on our behalf. So that when we break the law, just like in the case when you cross a traffic light and the, the camera at the traffic signal captures your image, then the law can get you. But he gave two advocates, one here on the earth realm, the Holy Spirit, and one in the heavenly realm, Jesus. So that when Satan stands to accuse you in the court of law, you have a lawyer that fights your case. You have the advocate. And through that advocate, when you make your prayer of agreement, you are giving authority to act on your behalf. And the most important thing for us to remember is, is through our salvation. That when we are saved, you wear that righteousness of Jesus. So when you stand in that court, you are wearing that righteousness. And when he said in the accuser, point the finger, he is pointing the finger at the one that's wearing that righteousness. So the finger is actually pointed not at you, it's pointing at the righteousness there, the righteousness of Jesus. He has no case because Jesus was sinless. So do, you, do you see why certain times maybe prayers are not being answered? Is there a gap somewhere that you're able to identify through this revelation? That's the change that we need to make in our prayer life. This is why prayer is not an option. Where Jesus says, pray at all times in the spirit. This is the reason why. Because we know that out of our weakness and our vulnerability, our human weakness, we are as sheep. We must pray at all times. We tend to make mistakes. But when we pray, we authorize Jesus to fight on our behalf. We authorize heavenly interference so that no damage can be done further. It is important for us to remember this. And I say it again, when you pray, do not beg, declare, because now you know you are giving legal authority. Legal authority is not given by begging. It is given by declaring. You submit to God, you permit the devil to intervene on your behalf. But when it comes to demons, you declare, you deny them legal rights, knowing that when you deny the legal rights, they do not have a body. They are cast out of the body. They have to leave the earth realm. Exercise that authority with the understanding. Now, based on that, I want to touch next on the concept of righteousness and the hedge of protection. What is righteousness? 
Upper say we have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus, but I just want to touch on what really is righteousness in terms of our behavior. Righteousness is not about being religious. It is not about being pious. It has nothing to do with it. Righteousness in general means to be positioned in the right standing with the authority of the law. Now, when I first heard this, even I took a step back to think, uh, hang on, what is happening here? To be positioned in right standing with the authority of the law. When you break the law, you break your relationship with the government. You break your good standing and your good report. And that's where you become unrighteous. So let's go back to our example of jumping the red traffic light and the camera at the signal snaps you and your car. You immediately get an infringement notice and you have to pay a fine. So righteousness is about submitting to God and honoring his laws, honoring his systems. Coming under his government, acknowledging him as king. The Bible says the government is on Jesus' shoulders. We see that in Isaiah 9 verse 6. So then going back to the definition of the kingdom, when we are influenced by him, we are obeying his personal will, his purpose and his intent. And then adopting his culture. We say it is no longer I, but the Christ who lives in me. And, and another verse says, I have the mind of Christ. When you adopt his culture, his values, his morals, his lifestyle, everything that reflects the king's desire and his nature for his situations, then that equates to the kingdom kind of life. That's, in short, the concept of righteousness. Living that life in accordance with his will and his word. We align ourselves with the authority and the rule of law in his kingdom. But because of our limitations, we are often falling short. That's where he introduced grace. First, he introduced salvation so that we are removed from under the law. We cannot go into the state of being punished and thrown into the outer darkness when we are saved. And then he introduced grace as the next level so that whatever we fell short in, that grace is used to fill it up. The important thing for us to remember here in all of that is our lives are out of alignment. Pay close attention. Our lives are out of alignment because we are focused on possessions rather than position. So we are focused on possessions, holding on to things, possessing them, keeping them for our own, rather than focusing on position, where you are seated at, who are you, what is your identity. When we can bring that in alignment, then when we shift our mindset from possessions to position, your eye is focused on the king, kingdom lifestyle, positioning yourself within the kingdom. Then you come back in alignment. Let us look at what Psalm 37, verse 28 and 29 says. Brother Savio, can you please take us to Psalm 37, verse 28 and 
For the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever. But the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. Yeah. So who shall inherit it? The righteous. Your position in the kingdom is what matters here. We remember the parable of the sheep and the goats in Matthew 25. When you read from verse 31 onwards, we won't go there today in the interest of time, but you can make a note. The parable of the sheep and the goats is in Matthew 25, verse 31 onwards, where he says, all the sheep come to my right and the goats to the left. He separates the righteous from the unrighteous. Your positioning on that right side or the left side is what matters. That's what decides this last line that you see there. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein. Which land? The land that the Lord your God is giving you. That's what he says. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. The one that comes in alignment with the will of God, with the rule of his authority. How the next one is, how do you then build or erect your hedge of protection around you? It is through this alignment. Let's look at what Job 1 verse 10 says. Brother Savio, can you take us to Job 1 verse 10? That's where there is a reference made to the hedge. And we often say it in our prayer as well. I put the hedge of protection around you. Job 1 verse 10. Hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house? Can you, hang on, Brother can you take it in the amplified version? Sure. Have you not put a hedge of protection around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and conferred prosperity and happiness upon him and his possessions and have increased and his possessions have increased in the land. Now keep this there and let us bring to mind Deuteronomy 28, blessings and curses, where God says, if you diligently listen and obey my, diligently listen to and obey the voice of the Lord, being careful to do all his commandments, then All these blessings will come onto you and overtake you. Are you seeing the blessings here and overtaking Job? So how did those blessings come about? This was Satan complaining. They're saying, have you not put a hedge around him? I cannot even touch him. 
But those blessings come when you look at this in conjunction with Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 to 14. You will see that those blessings come, they chase and overtake the person when the person diligently listens to and obeys the voice of the word. So when you summarize these two together, how does one erect the hedge of protection around themselves? It is by living that kingdom kind of life of righteousness, aligning with the will of the king. You can only fall outside the hedge or the hedge around you will fall down and it will be breached when you go against his will. That is when you are disobedient or when you break the commandments that are given in the Bible, that which is the book of law. But when you follow those, you are like the one that obeys all the traffic rules. Going back to our example now. One that obeys all the traffic rules, all the signs, all the warnings, all the traffic lights. Does not jump any red light anywhere. Can any traffic camera snap you? Or can any infringement or fines be put upon you? No policeman can stop you for whatever reason when you are obeying all those rules. You have naturally built up that hedge of protection around yourself wherever you travel within the kingdom as long as you are obeying all those rules. And that is how that hedge of protection is erected. So when you are undergoing any kind of spiritual battles as well, it is important for us to remember, if I am attacked, where did the breach happen? Analyze that and look at it to see where did my hedge go down that the enemy got a hand. Satan cannot attack you first thing without your will and without God's will. And when you are within the law, that barrier automatically stands there. He cannot touch because he is the accuser. When you follow the rules, you don't give him an opportunity to accuse at all. He doesn't attack and God won't attack you. But when you disobey certain rules, then that hedge comes down automatically. So God won't attack there as well. He will just leave you vulnerable because when you disobey, then that protection cannot stand in place. The devourer then steps in and does the rest. When you look at Malachi 3 verse 11, you will see it there. Can we go to, Brother Saiba, can we go to, see, to Malachi 3 verse 10 and 11? Let's look at that again. verse that actually speaks of the devourer. So that's verse 11, but let's read verse 10 and 11 together. Bring all the tithes, the tenth, into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you so great a blessing until there is no more room to receive it, then I will rebuke the devourer in sex plague for your sake. And he will not destroy the fruits 
of you of the ground nor will your wine in the field drop its grapes before harvest says the lord of host so see it's the same thing here as well bring all the tithes is he is giving you an instruction that is his rule when you follow the rule you receive the blessing but if you look at the converse of verse 11 there when we don't follow the rule the devourer takes over the fruits of the ground are destroyed the wine will drop its fruit its grapes before the harvest that's the role of the devourer in it but you can erect your hedge by following the rules and he says yeah i will rebuke the devourer so the devourer cannot come near you that's how we erect our hedge of protection so when we are using that in our place of prayer we need to look at it and say where are the gaps what did i miss and what can i then speak what are the principles that i must engage in order to rise above it and the most important principle there to rise above when we fall is the principle of righteousness going back into righteousness after we have made a mistake by pleading the blood of jesus protection by the blood of jesus brings you back into righteousness you put on that robe of righteousness once again and putting that on is as simple as calling on his name and believing on him for the bible says anyone that calls on his name and believes on him shall be saved we claim that even in our i confess boldly joel 227 so that when the accuser then comes to accuse you are standing not in your righteousness but in his righteousness and i've said this earlier as well since he is sinless he is blameless that is how we are saved from the curse of the law because the accuser will point to the law but because he is blameless and sinless we are putting on his righteousness the curse of the law is not applicable to us anymore that's what galatians 3:13 really means for us it's like you pass through the red sea like the israelites but only this time in the spirit you are passing through the red sea of the blood of jesus but the concept is the same and he later made that an ordinance and that's how we can receive our salvation it is the same as passing through the red sea Let's look at the scripture and I'll show you a mystery here a very, very important thing for us to look at pay close attention Exodus brother Savio Exodus verse four, uh, chapter 14 verse 21 to 30 Exodus 14 which talks about the the Israelites as they cross the Red Sea There's one part there which we often read but i'd like to just stress on that today again and when you when we are reading this let us reflect upon it on our own lives everywhere when it says the the egyptians you you uh, consider those as the problems in your life and you are the israelite now okay let's read then moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the lord swept the sea back by a strong east wind all that night and turned the seabed into dry land and the waters were divided the israelites went into the middle of the sea on dry land and the waters formed a wall 
to them on their right hand and on their left. Then the Egyptians pursued them into the middle of the sea. Even all Pharaoh's horses, his war chariots, and his charioteers. So it happened all so it happened at the early morning watch before dawn that the Lord looked down on the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud and put them in a state of confusion. He made their chariot wheels hard to turn and the chariots difficult to drive. So the Egyptians said, let us flee from Israel for the Lord is fighting for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may come back over the Egyptians on their war chariots and their charioteers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the sea returned to its normal flow at sunrise. And the Egyptians retreated right into it, being met by the returning water. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians and tossed them into the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the charioteers and all the army of Pharaoh had, that had gone into the sea after them. Not even one of them survived. But the Israelites walked on dry land in the middle of the sea. And the waters formed a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. The Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the seashore. Yeah, when you reflect it from a personal point of view, it actually took me a while to get it as well. And I wondered why twice in these 10 verses, he spoke of walls of water to the left and to the right. All those problems, when you look at it from a personal spiritual perspective, those, you, those pursuing Egyptians are like the problems that you have in your life, pursuing you, chasing you, until you reach that dead end where you have a sea in front of you and your problems chasing you at the back. And at that stage, when you decide to surrender to Jesus and pass through his blood, you walk through on dry land. You cannot be drowned in it. The Egyptians walked through that same sea on dry land with walls of water. Now, when you look at it further, it was the latter verses, you see that the Egyptians were drawn. The Lord drew them into the center of the midst of the waters and he drowned them. But no Israelite was drowned in it. Instead, that same thing that killed the enemies became their hedge of protection. Walls of water to the left and to the right. 
I hope you are getting that. That hedge of protection when you invoke the blood of Jesus. That becomes your hedge of protection. And it is key when you are facing challenges, when you feel pressed, when you feel cornered, when you feel like there is no way out. Remember those walls of water to the left and to the right. Use the blood of Jesus in your prayer there. And now you can say, I am the righteousness of Christ. When you cover yourself or you cover the one that you are praying for by that precious blood. Remembering then that the next step that happens after that when you cover them in that precious blood and they become the righteousness of Christ or you become the righteousness of Christ is Romans 8 verse 1. Brother Savio, Romans 8 verse 1, please. I want us to remember this verse at all times because the devil will keep whispering in your ears, you are guilty, you have made a mistake, you have failed, you have broken the law, you will now be condemned. And you plead the blood of Jesus. Remember this verse. Yes, Brother Savior. Therefore, there is now no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus, who believe in him as personal Lord and Savior. When you believe in him, you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, you are saved. You receive your salvation. And this is what we then need to remember. There is now no condemnation. No matter how much and how many people around you the devil uses to say you are guilty. You have to remember this. And when you then hold on to it in faith, you speak your faith. You are saved by the blood. Walls of water to the left and to the right. That cannot be breached. Anything that comes in that water must drown. That is what the whole story about the Israelites crossing the Red Sea is about. We must remember it. And we then come back under the government of God. We come back into good standing and good report through the blood of Jesus. That's where our righteousness is brought in. That's a very important principle when we are praying, especially for loved ones that are not saved. We are praying for someone's healing and you know that they are not yet saved. The first thing to do is cover them by the precious blood of Jesus. Pray for their salvation. When we pray for the salvation, all sorts of healings, all sorts of problems are all the curses of the law. The law that has been broken somewhere that has brought sickness on the person. And they don't realize it because they do not know that. But when you look closely at Deuteronomy 28 verse 15 onwards, you will see that there's a mention of all of those things. And that is simply because we broke the law, we disobeyed, we didn't listen to him. When you cover that person by the blood of Jesus, you're saying, okay, absolved, everything brought back, righteousness put back on them. Now the accuser cannot point a finger. Sickness has no place now. When they are made righteousness, there is no place for punishment. It must leave. That is the first step that you can do towards healing. And then you lose the healing through the blood of Jesus and then. Why does the enemy attack our body? Because that is your passport. 
without it you cannot exist but with it he can also exist so he wants it so where should our priority be you need to retain it but at the same time you feed the spirit first your body is your most powerful weapon that you have in the earth realm without which you can't exist but without that how will you speak and at the same time when you remember that we need to remember that it has to be spirit first and then body but often in our carnal life we are focused more on the body and spirit is not even in the equation anywhere because most people don't even know that it exists and james said a body without a spirit is in james 226 a body without a spirit is dead that's what our life equates to when we are not alive in the spirit and that's why when we pray we pray in under a closed heaven that prayer is going nowhere there are no answers coming the spirit can only come from the glory of god that you receive through salvation without it we are just a living soul but with the spirit through salvation or through the baptism there in the spirit we become a quickened spirit and god pours his spirit into us that's the important thing to remember how does a demon attack there are five prime demonic assignments that they will most commonly use where they seek to attack either to destroy most commonly they will try to do it through accidents but the easiest way for them is through beguiling forcing someone to fall into sin by deceit so that they can then possess they can rule instead let's look at the the five most common demonic assignments that the deer that um, satan uses to attack humans the first one is division most common seen in families in all kinds of bondings relationships divisions divide and conquer i'm sure you see it in your own personal life as well everyone sees it there but it is important for us now to pay close attention to this so that our discernment can be sharpened in every time there are small little arguments that are happening within our family we should look at it as from this spiritual angle to identify whether it's a demonic attack the further you keep arguing the further that division keeps going the second one that he will use and most often it is on top of this division and is used through that division is arrogance and pride there is a very thin line between pride and humility it can very soon become arrogance if it goes unchecked and more so those who are following a spiritual path will be even more further under attack so we need to pay even more close attention otherwise very soon it can become us and it can become them i do things but they don't i pray and they don't i am holier than them or i am always right and someone else is wrong that can happen in your fights your arguments within the family as well is that arrogance destroying a relationship are you feeding the division that the devil is trying to put in there see they go hand in hand it's important for us to perceive those the third one is discouragement 
when people feel incapable and easily give up because of one negative word that may be spoken to them. And sometimes the devil will use multiple people to speak negative words. Discouragement. And then we start to feel self-pity. That's the fourth one, which is like discouragement on steroids. It often comes when we are holding on to it for too long or we're being hammered too much on it. And then people go into depression, people go into anxiety, people go into stress, people go into all sorts of conditions, state of the mind. And the fifth one is slow poisoning, a slight crossing of moral lines, slow and steady corruption of the soul so that the person is unsuspecting of their fall. They don't even realize that they are morally crumbling. And a simple example I'd like to use here is one that has been used by Derek Prince in one of his teachings as well. He says, if you put a frog in, in a bowl with boiling water, the frog will immediately try to jump around and jump out of it. But if you put that frog in lukewarm water and gently place it on a slow fire, the water temperature gradually rises. Initially, the frog starts to feel comfortable. He will try to adjust a little, but will not bother jumping out until it reaches such a stage where it's gradually starting to now. You know, the heat is turned on. It's gradually starting to boil, literally, and there's nothing he can do about it. Another way of looking at it is the... It's climbing up a peak. If you were to push, be pushed up a steep peak, you would see it immediately. But if the road is winding, the slope is gentle, the drive is comfortable, you won't suspect it. That's how the devil works through deception. It is okay to sleep a little. It is okay to not pray. It is okay to not go to church. It is okay to think about yourself. You are more important. Let that ego stay. It is okay for small little things. A slight crossing of that moral line where once we accept that, then the next step also seems just like a small little step and it doesn't start and it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't bother us anymore. Until one fine day when we look back, we've taken 20 steps and we've come far from where we were. We've actually fallen and gone downwards. It's important for us to be sensitive to these. These are the five common demonic assignments that they will use to bring down. There could be others as well, but we need the point here that I'm trying to make is be sensitive in your spirit to things, to information that you are receiving and to small little things that are being provoked in your life. Is that causing you to cross that moral line? Is that causing you to breach the divide between pride and humility? Is that bringing about a division between your family? Are you giving in to discouragement, to stress? Or are you holding on to your joy? And when we recognize that, that we have made that mistake, the first thing to do is repent and then to come back into God's house. Plead the blood of Jesus again so that the devil cannot point a finger. We don't engage with them. 
We don't fight with them because remember, they know the Bible too. He said it in Psalm 91. He quoted Psalm 91 in, yeah, when Jesus was in the wilderness. He said, throw yourself and the angels that God has given you will hold you so that you do not fall on the stones and you do not hurt yourself. Your body is the most valuable and most important weapon in that earth realm. But you have to protect it from the spirit. Next week we'll take, I think we'll stop here for today. Next week we'll take uh, that protection phase of it. I want to touch on the armor of God, the armor that God has given. It is the spiritual armor that we use to protect our body that is coming under attack. Remember, it's not your spirit that is directly being attacked. It is your body. So we'll touch on the armor of God. We'll touch on a few things and again get back to some of the principles of the kingdom and approaching the king in prayer. We'll, we'll stop this session here today. Uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you have blessed us with an understanding of the kingdom that you teach us more about your values so that we are able to adopt them in our prayers. We are able to understand the principles, the provisions, the promises, the prophecies that you have given us in your word so that when we reflect on that word and we approach it with understanding and use it in our prayer, we are able to invoke your spiritual wisdom, the keys that you give us to your kingdom so that every attack from the enemy we are able to withstand we are able to overcome. We thank you, Father. We give you glory and we give you honor. Thank you, Jesus. I hope you have enjoyed this first part of this session. And I'd like to see you all on next Friday again for the second part of this Bible study session. We shall continue on the armor of God. The different elements, we'll take each of them in detail. We'll probably touch a little on the some of the spiritual rules that, uh, of uh, spiritual laws of prayer. And we'll touch on a few other key principles of the, the kingdom. Uh, thank you, everyone. And have a good night. Thank you, Brother Sarah, Sister Shanine, for your praise and worship session as well this evening. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Be blessed and have a good night. Thank you, Brother Russell. Good night. Yes.